Welcome to Middle Memories Podcast. I am Jerry, otherwise known as Glacier Prince, and my co-host is Hitchcock, otherwise known as Alfred Henry. Our mission on this podcast series is to explore the stories behind the magic that was created at Meadowbrook. But over a span of four years, between 1982 and 1986, we saw the transformation of a small co school with less than 1,200 students, 800 boys, 800 girls and 400 boys into a successful sports and scholastic champion, winning seven major trophies, three Sunlight Cup, two Tapping Cup, one Walker Cup, and one Nutriment Shield. And to crown these achievements, Meadowbrook also produced two Rhodes Scholars, Cavell Creighton in 1987 and Andrea Wright in 1989, both graduates of Meadowbrook in 1983. In this podcast series, we'll be speaking to persons, both males and females, who were actively involved in this incredible journey, along with friends and staff at Meadowbrook, which inspired the environment which created this golden era. We hope you enjoy our discussion. Please give us as much support and encouragement as you can on whatever social media platform you are listening. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Today is Sunday, March 5th, 2023, and welcome back to another conversation about Meadowbrook Memories. Me, as usual, Jelly, or Glacier, or Lance, or Prince, and any one of those names will do. Joining me at my course for the second time today is Patrick Dewey, who was a course on episode number 17 with former teachers Mrs. Nelson and Mrs. Bramley, now formerly Mrs. Barber, before she got married. You should go and listen to that episode and subscribe while listening. Patrick is the younger brother of my good friend from Pembrokeal Primary and Meadowbrook High, Robert Dewey, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And in the opportunity mm-hmm. I get to mention my friend's name, I never miss a chance. Because Robert was, as it was an historian on all things Meadowbrook. And if he was still around, he would definitely be an integral part of this conversation. Join us for the first mm-hmm. time as co-host is Paulette Samuels, who was on episode number 44. And you should go back and listen to Paulette's Meadowbrook Memories and definitely subscribe while listening. Also joining us for this conversation is Donovan Thomas, or Don T, or Tegreg, and he needs no introduction to these conversations because he has been on since episode number five. He has been a co-host, and he has been a co-host on a number of these conversations. Our guests today, and yes, we have three guests, very special guests today, and we'll have to give them proper introduction because... America is known to produce the Wright brothers who made the world know that humans can fly in a machine. And Meadowbrook had the Wright sisters who made Meadowbrook children know that the sky was the limit. <laughs> First of these sisters started in Meadowbrook in 1974. The same year I started and her standard of for academic excellence was something I admire from I was in first form. She was a member of the ISCF, Interschools Christian Federation, and wanted to pursue a career in guidance counseling in the footsteps of Mrs. Millard, a well-known and beloved teacher at Meadowbrook. But she decided to pursue a more challenging and more noble career in the fields of fear and impaired, where she's now a highly trained specialist. The second of the Wright sisters went to Meadowbrook from 1976 to 1983, and she enjoyed netball, badminton, drama, and performed in a drama school competition in the play Good Morning, Miss Millie, in 1980-81, 
She sang in the school choir and became a part of the national choir for a season. She was an active member of the ISAF and was co-president of that group in her final year. She was head girl in 1982-83 school year and best remembered at Meadowbrook when she became Road Scholar number 2 in 1989, so quickly after her first Road Scholar, Cabell Creighton. The baby mm-hmm. of the tree, and yes, as we Jamaicans, as the sister reminded me, we pronounce it tree, because Jamaicans <laughs> seem to eat the H when we pronounce the number three. And thanks for that. Thanks for reminding me about that. But I digress. Starts in Meadowbrook in 1980 as a 10-year-old, very young for high school. She enjoyed being on the netball team, drama club, yearbook club, when she was editor-in-chief, where she was editor-in-chief, and she was also on the debate team. She also said she was a party girl where she found time to host several class parties. DJ, with DJ by then popular CB Massive, and run boats with her cohorts. And that I did not know. She'll have to expand on that. I didn't know a girl know anything about running boats, but she'll have to expand on that. <laughs> she was head girl and was encouraged to take up the head girl position by her dear friend, Saffron Ramsey, who... Full disclosure was my sister-in-law and also a dear friend of mine. Not because she was my uh, sister-in-law, but mm-hmm. a very special human being who passed away way too soon, about 22 years yeah. ago. And we still mm-hmm. are Mr. Bubbly Spirit. Mm-hmm. She's also married to a high school sweetheart, Sean Hibbert, who also went to Meadowbrook, but who unfortunately is not on this conversation today because of work commitments. So without further ado... Meadowbrook, welcome the right sisters. So, Karen, you introduce yourself first, and then Andrea, and then you, Beverly. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Wright Martin. Um, the people here in Knoxville, Tennessee, know me as Dr. Karen Martin because I um, completed my PhD in speech and hearing science a few years ago. Um, I have been living in Tennessee, in Knoxville, since 2001. Um, in fact, I can still remember that horrible um, incident in New York when the towers came down. We had just moved to Knoxville just before that happened. And we've been living here ever since. Um, I live here with my husband, Dr. James Martin, who is an audiologist. We have two, I like to say children, but the truth is they're young adults now. Caleb and Joanna, they just recently graduated from college, the same college where I'm teaching at with um, their degrees in engineering and architecture. And um, that's me. Mm-hmm. And Karen, you introduce yourself. Sorry, Andrea. Me, Andrea. I mean, Andrea. Andrea. I'm going to get the name mix up. Sorry. Go ahead, Andrea. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Hi, everybody. Greetings from very cold London in uh, the UK. We're supposed to be heading into spring, but uh, apparently we're going to be having snow this week. I am Andrea Taylor Cummings. My surname was Wright. You heard lots of the story already. I've been here. The, The line goes, I came to the UK to get my master's and I got my mister as well. <laughs> I met my husband at Oxford when I came on the scholarship, uh, did my master's and doctorate, uh, worked in Tokyo for a year, came back. We've uh, run businesses together. We've worked in professional services, John in banking, me in management consulting. Uh, we have two lovely children. As Karen said, can't call them children. One's about to be 21 that's liana finishing university in the next few months and isaac who is 17 going on 18 and just finishing 
A-levels and wants to save the world with global sustainable development. Um, we'll unpack more of our story as we go through. Uh, John and I now run a business together uh, focused on helping corporates, communities and couples change their behaviours from habits that damage relationships to habits that strengthen them. That's our passion for the last almost three decades and that's what we do as our full-time business now as a leadership development consultant. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Andrea. Thank you. And Beverly, you introduce Hi, yourself. everyone. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, everyone. I'm Beverly Wright Hibbert. I started Meadowbrook in 1980. Yes, I was 10 because my birthday is in November, so I was one of the youngest ones there. And I consider those times as some of the greatest years of my life because I think we had the greatest group of kids at that time, some of whom are still very good friends. I migrated to the United States in 1990 because unlike my sisters, I did not go directly to university or college right after high school. Um, I chose to work for a few years and you know, try to figure out what I really wanted to do. And when I got to the point when I started having to train people to be my boss uh, because they had an, a degree and I didn't, I realized that it was time. So I went off to Florida, did um, my undergraduate degrees there in business and finished my bachelor's at St. John's University in New York. And of course, married my very best friend, Sean Hibbert, who used to walk me home from school every day. <laughs> Um, we were very good friends, and we'll be celebrating 30 years of marriage this year. We have three children. Um, my oldest is 25. He's already graduated from the University of Miami with a degree in economics and business. My second child, Matthew, is going to be graduating from University of Florida with chemical engineering this year. And... We have a 15-year-old daughter who is a sophomore in high school, and boy, do I wish she had a high school like Meadowbrook because times have changed. Mm -hmm. So that's me, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more. And yes, we had the parties, and yes, me know how to run boots. All right. <laughs> we get to know that. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm Paulette. Introduce yourself. So my name is Paulette Samuels Brown. I am just the host today, so I'm not going to say much about myself. I currently live in um, Canada, and I work as an elementary school principal. Yeah, and, and Dante, introduce yourself, but my brother. Evening, evening, everybody. Very, very pleased to be a part of this um, conversation. <laughs> nice to meet you, Karen. I um I knew both Andrea and Beverly. I don't know if Andrea yes. will remember me. She was a little ahead of me. And but she may have remembered a few of the trouble I used to give. Right. Um Beverly, we were in the same first class. And she's yeah. married to 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 perhaps um my best friend from primary school, Sean. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> great, great stuff. Great stuff. Very nice to be here. Paulette, nice to meet you as well. And um Really happy to be a part of this conversation. Patrick, mm -hmm. um, glad glad to link up again, you know. Me and yes, Patrick have some history as well. We actually mm -hmm. worked at the same place at one point. Yeah. Right. And right, 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 right. right. So 
looking forward, you know, um, um, all things Meadowbrook, yeah. especially after I left, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, Dante. And Patrick, reintroduce yourself back quickly for me. Yes, yes, sir. So quickly, I'm Patrick Dewey. As Jelly mentioned, I'm the younger brother of Robert Dewey, who is no longer with us, unfortunately. So in some circles, I was known as Little Do because Robert's nickname was Do, you know, shortening <laughs> up the, the, the surname. So um, I was in the same year, same class as Andrea, and um, I had some really fantastic times at the, at the Meadowbrook High School. Um, I eventually became a track athlete. That, that was my the sport of choice back then. Um, so some people may remember that I used to run at Sports Day. I was a guard show, right? That's the Blue House, if, if you guys remember the, the sports. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. right. Um, I was roughly. <laughs> right. Yeah, roughly. I was Ward. Ah, here you go. All over the world, right? all the, across the spectrum. So, yes, um, won't say too much, but... I'm very happy to, to be a part of this, especially with, with this company. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I'm by now, Karen, and I'm going to start with you because you're the oldest one here. Oh, okay. I have the, the opening question after all the guests who come on this program. From mine that came over 12 months ago, the first question I asked was, did you choose Meadowbrook or Meadowbrook chose you? Meadowbrook chose me. That's hands down. Meadowbrook chose me. So my story is that we, um, as younger girls, um, our dad was Catholic, so we grew up Catholic. Um, I even went through as far as first communion. Um, and so when I took my common entrance examinations, I very Catholic, Catholicly, if you can say that word, chose Holy Childhood or Immaculate. And um, when the common entrance results came out, my name wasn't under any of those. So I thought that I had um, not succeeded in passing the common entrance exam. And not too later on that day, an aunt called me and was congratulating me, saying that I had passed. And we were all very surprised. And we said, "Where? how you know where you sit at? And she said that my name was listed on the Meadowbrook High School and we were like, Meadowbrook? I didn't know what that school was, but all of a sudden at that point, it dawned on me what that uniform was associated with, that that uniform I would see from time to time was actually at Meadowbrook. And my dad was curious and interested in still trying to get me transferred to either Holy Child or Immaculate. But we went to their, I guess it was an orientation, something where the headmaster at that time, Mr. Thorpe, spoke and after hearing that, he decided and we decided, okay, we're going to stay at Meadowbrook, which I was happy about because in hindsight, it was certainly nicer to go to a co-ed school rather than an all-girls school. So that started my journey at Meadowbrook. And as you know, my younger sisters followed me there. Mm-hmm. So the rest mm-hmm. is history. But yeah, that's how I got to Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook chose me and I was very pleased for that. Uh, and for the record, <clears throat> um, and, um, Karen, what school, yeah. what primary school you took the common entrance? St. Elizabeth Preparatory School. Prep, where's that school? I've never heard about that school. Oh, dear. Near Linders Crescent. Near Linders Road, near Linders Crescent. Okay, yes. okay. I yeah, that, yes. it, that actually, it actually closed down because that's where I used to go as well. And when it closed mm-hmm. down, it was another Catholic institution. And um, I ended up having to go to a different prep school, but I'll talk about that in my turn. Yeah. So, so you guys, yeah. live, you guys live in what mm-hmm. year at the time? Near Linda's Road or off Reynolds Road? 
No, we were off Red Hills Road okay, for that yes. whole time. But yes. you went to school off Linders Road. Okay, that was quiet. Yes. I got and that was because it was near, kind of near to work. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Andrew and Bev, but it was kind of near to work where our dad used to work because he worked yeah. for JOS, the... Um, Oh yes, the, and Joe is right on Linda's The bus road. company. The yeah. bus company, yeah. yes. Linda's road right yes, beside yeah, RGR. Yeah. Yes, yes, I remember that yeah. I said that current. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you Andrea, did you choose Meadowbrook or Meadowbrook chose you? Well, it's kind of both because Karen was there and my dad when he heard Mr. Thorpe speak, I still remember him saying, you know, if that's the guy leading the school, that's the school he wants his girls to go to. Mm-hmm. Um so when my turn came uh, for me, I chose Meadowbrook without even thinking about the other schools. That was that was my number one choice, um, and happily so. Wonderful yeah. memories. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So by, by the time you chose Meadowbrook, have you had a, had a chance to visit the campus before you made a choice? Are you just going off what your father and your sister said? Well, I, you know, Karen is two years ahead of me, so I had started um, being exposed to the school through the things that she was involved in and the parents' evening and activities, whether it's the drama or, or I know Karen was part of Girl Guides. Karen, you'll be able to fill in all that detail. But, you know, as the younger sister, you kind of hang out, be part of the dropping off and the picking up, and that's how I got exposed to the school so for me the decision was already taken before i even sat common entrance that that that's where i was going to go yeah that was that was mm-hmm. my that's what my it was easy for me as well my sister my older sister went to meadowbrook and my brother went to meadowbrook so going to meadowbrook yeah. was like a no-brainer for me i didn't want to go nowhere yeah. to meadowbrook so yeah yeah i understand exactly. that. so i chose meadowbrook that was it yeah that was the same with me as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm beverly did well, you did, sorry <laughs> you go ahead, Beverly. Yeah, Did you so chose you? Same question to you. Well, I, I certainly chose it, and you know, I'll finish what I had started before. As a student of Saint Elizabeth Prep, they closed right before I started third or fourth grade, so I was transferred from that school to Meadowbrook Prep. And as you know, Meadowbrook Prep shares a lot of the same facilities that the high school does. And we used to do some joint things. And I used to roam the high school campus. When Karen and Andrew were there, I clearly remember um, Mr. Thorpe walking around with his dog. He had this big, beautiful dog. Yes, yes. The whole whole campus with. And, of course, when Andrew started, it was our dear Miss McLennan. Um, So it was, was, again, a no-brainer for me. My sisters were already paving a pathway and... Because we had I had familiarity with the campus and activities that we used to do jointly, um, it I chose Meadowbrook for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Karen, back to you. When you, the first day you came on Meadowbrook campus, you say you weren't familiar with it. You saying what is this? The first day you started, what's the impression <laughs> you got when you came to Meadowbrook campus? You know, to be honest, I don't have a lot of memories of that, but I remember feeling fairly comfortable there. Um, like I said, I think it was in the hindsight nicer to have a mixture rather than just all girls because you know the guys always added an extra element of of fun and um enjoyment to the class situation so it really I really didn't have any trouble with that at all starting out. We were walked to school um so it was a lot easier to get there than it would have been to either of the schools I had picked for. Um, for Holy Childhood or Immaculate. And I really think that that was a huge thing for my dad to decide to let us go there 
knowing how um, much he wanted us to have that Catholic upbringing. And that's what um, I think it definitely going to Meadowbrook changed the trajectory of my life as far as that was concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who are some yeah. of the friends you met and some of the teachers you met when you started Meadowbrook? Ah, I can shout out some of them. Like within my class, I had, um, there was Douglas Crook, there was, Lisa Lou or Lisa Lee, I think it was Lisa Lee. Lisa Gaylou, um, yeah. Lisa Gaylou, yes. Um, there was Robert Carr, Richard. I think he passed away. Richard started with a seek. Not Campbell. I think his name was Campbell. Um, Maureen Parkinson. She went away to Canada when I was in about third farm. Um, so those are some of the names. Um, of course, in the ISCF, there was Andrew Keane, Paulette Samuels, our brother Steve Samuels. Um, yeah, to name a few. Uh, what, what the teacher? What did you tell me the teachers? That the teachers, I had Miss Morris. I remember Miss McLennan. I remember Speedy. What was his name again? Mr. Lawrence. Lawson. Um, Lawson. Lawson. Mr. Lawson, yeah, David Smith, um, and of course, Mr. Mr. Thorpe, of course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So who taught yeah. you Spanish? I think it was Miss McLennan. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Miss McLennan taught me Spanish. Miss Morris taught me English. Mr. Lawson taught math. Um. And when I was there, yeah, Mr. Thorpe was prime minister, was prime minister, was, was headmaster, Lord <laughs> of Mercy, headmaster. And then I think, I think Miss McLennan took over from him. Was that right, Andrea? And yes. then Miss yeah, Morris yeah, took yeah, over yeah. from Miss yeah. McLennan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Miss okay. Morris took over from Miss McLennan. So, yeah. So you, um, Andrea, when you first came to Meadowbrook as a student or you're visiting with your sister, what does it what does it feel like being at Meadowbrook for the first time? What impression you got being there? And who are some of the students and some of the teachers you met? So I think by the time I got there I felt like I was coming and so I belonged at a ride. <laughs> um so it felt very familiar and right. I was trying to remember some of there's a geography teacher, I'm trying to remember her name because I used to sing just subconsciously when I'm doing my work, I used to hum to myself and she would get upset until one day she just said, is that Andrea singing? And then she stopped, but I couldn't remember her name. Um, short curly hair. Was it Miss Richards? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, I had uh, Miss Jones who was young. She was an ex-student of Meadowbrook, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. Very beautiful, very shapely. She was one of those that I aspired to grow up to be. I remember she was 30 at the time, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so grown up. (laughs) Um, Of course, Mr. Lawson, I'll come back to Mr. Lawson, because he was my, he became my enduring inspiration to do well at um, university when I did my first degree, Mm -hmm. because I was, I've heard somebody call it Queen Bee. I could get bees fairly easily, and so I didn't push myself to get anything more than that. And he would always 
encourage me and believe in me and tell me what I was capable of. And it wasn't until I got to university that I say, you know what, for Mr. Lawson, I'm going to go all out. And so I did. And that's when I got a first because of him. So it would be amazing to be in touch with him again and let him know that story. I know what um, yeah, go ahead, Andrea. Sorry. No, no, go on. I was going to go on. To no, no. Teacher. What I was saying to you, that's the important lesson you're saying there now because a lot of people know that you're a Rhodes Scholar because I call the name early in this conversation. You were one of the inspirations yeah. when I started this to say we had Rhodes Scholars and nobody talking about it. And people think, say, you were a bright spark, as we just said, from morning. And yeah, I said, no. Yeah. You were a B no. student. Exactly. So I'm glad you told yeah. that story. That I'm glad you're telling that story. And yeah, yeah. That, that for me, you know, looking back in life, it, that that's an important story to share. But for two, well, for a number of reasons. But to say, because I enjoyed having fun. I enjoyed all the social side of school. Any, as they say, any panwa knock, I was there. I was involved. I know we used to um, have our our year group was a good year group as well. Uh, my best friend, um, Heather Hodgson, she's still in Jamaica. She's big up in Digicel. <laughs> Mention her here. You can, we can get her on the call as well. Um, uh, Pamela, gosh, this is... I was talking to my younger, to my son yesterday, and I said, you know, it's this year is exactly 40 years since I left Meadowbrook. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I never thought I'd be old enough to do that. Is it um, Pamela Miller you're trying to remember, Andrew? Yes, yes, Pamela Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, she was in the class, yes. Uh-huh. Was one of them. Um, yeah, she, she was a bright spark, so I guess you guys would hang out. <laughs> <laughs> but she was more diligent. She was she was diligent. Um, Janice, uh, what was Janice's Robinson? Robinson and her yeah. sister Grace Janice was there as well. Right, right, Janice um, Robinson. Just, you know, some people would do the work. I would do what I needed to do to get by and nothing more. And I did not learn the discipline of really applying myself until when I was in my second to last year. So I did the three-year uh, natural sciences degree in computer science at UWE. And in my second year, I still average in B, which would be kind of like a two-one at best, maybe a 2-2. And I say, you know what? This is going to stay with me for life. I am going to do whatever it takes to up my grade, make up the difference and get the first. And it was because I just reflected back on all the teachers who believed in me and kept saying, Andrew, you could do more. So for example, I did maths, English language and English literature in fourth form rather than fifth form. So I did it in a year got B's they say I should I could do it again and get A's I said no too busy having fun the one O level that I got an A in was biology and I'm trying to remember the name of the biology was Miss Parry a biology teacher no she was a PE teacher uh-huh. PE teacher she was P. There I, was I think it's um, it's Barbara you know it was um, Barbara she was Barbara Mar- at the time Miss Barbara um yes was, it, but there was an English teacher, the one who taught zoology in A levels, and she Ms. said, Chambers, oh, Ms. Chambers. "There you go, oh, Miss Chambers." Oh. She she said to me, Andrea, if you do not get an A in biology, you're not doing zoology. And oh. at the time, I wanted to become a doctor, and I had to do zoology. So that's the only one I got an A in. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Because of Miss oh. Chambers, so I got away with what I could, and eventually learned how to how to 
be diligent with what I had. Well, I must have been having more fun than you, Andrea, because I didn't. When I took all of that, I only took got two, two subjects. I don't remember what the grades were, but I, I had to repeat for form, and that's when I settled down and started doing some work. So, and yeah. we're talking about. I was just focusing on just, I just say, having fun. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I just I probably had more fun than you. I just waste more time than you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, same here, Jelly. Yeah, yeah. I ended up repeating as well. So, Beverly, you yeah. describe yourself as a party girl, and you went to us how you <laughs> did that. I'm minting. <laughs> <laughs> But talk about your early days. Who are some of the people? Your impression the first day you came on Meadowbrook campus. Who are some of your friends and some of the teachers you remember? Well, I think I definitely had the advantage. I felt like I already knew the campus so well because of, again, being a student at the prep school. And I used to always go over to see my sisters, um, beg them some lunch money. or <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I do over across the fence to go and see Pickle, you know, all of those things, mm. Mr. Elliot Elton, God rest his soul. Um, but I, I really had a great group of friends. I don't really remember much about first form, but second form is when they streamed the kids based on their abilities. And I think they had just right. introduced that evening session. And we had a great group that from that grade moved all the way through school. So... People like, of course, I have to mention my, you know, life partner, Sean, Sean Hibbert, Wayne Clark, Dunstan Wilson, Jeffrey Garden, Clifford Allen, Peter Champagny, who is, you know, as you know, an attorney there now, Ronald Hugh, he used to be the one to give everybody a nickname. Um, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Gordon, my, my two best friends, Carlene Grant, who is now Scott, and Nadine McKenzie, who is now Nadine Lazarus. And shout out to Nadine. She's making beautiful cakes, sweet moments, Jamaica. If you ever need a specialty cake in Jamaica, she's your go-to person. Um, Dion Lawrence, Denzi Davis, Denise Chin, Chin Young, those, were, those girls were the bookworm massive, we used to call them. Because yeah. <laughs> they were the studious ones. Um, Michelle Aljo, of course, all the guys that used to do cricket and sports, Maurice Minot, Luke Witter. Of course, Donovan, you know, you're on the call. It's so exciting to hear you on the call. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm happy to say, still in touch with a lot of them. Otis Johnson, Otis Johnson. We had a group of maybe about eight or ten of us that used to move together all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, in you know, we were a fun group, and we used to throw the parties, you know, during those times, you know, Wayne Clark, was an integral part of the CB Massive, the DJing with the mm -hmm. music and so on. So we used to host a lot of parties at um, my home because my parents always wanted to know the kids, you know, were safe at my home and they wanted to, they were very open to us hosting the parties. And myself, Sean, Dunstan, Carlene and Nadine used to be the ones cooking the food. Everybody would throw a little money. And we would just throw down. Mr. McGregor was one of our favorite teachers, Rory McGregor, our math teacher. And he used to come to our parties. We had kids from the older classes that were, were kind of jealous of us mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because we would just be having, we had we had one at least once a year all the way through through high school. So great memories. So Mr. McGregor got an invite because of his size? <laughs> 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 
you know, he, he to us and to a lot of the students, um, if you've ever had Mr. McGregor, he was just so down to earth, so rude. He would be cussing you in one minute, but he would be encouraging you in the other. So um, he was one of those teachers that spoke on our level. And he was just good fun. You know, he would come and, of course, make sure everybody was behaving themselves. But he would be on the dance floor, too. No, man. I'm, um, I'm just missing me in Beverly. Rory, <laughs> he and I on first name basis. Rory, I'm a good friend from school. Good, good, That's good. how we used yeah, to address each other. Yeah. I, I mean, he was yeah, he's... an integral part of those cricket teams, especially when he yeah. won the first time. So I can't yeah. mess with him. I can't talk to him that way. Just I go and talk about it. So. <laughs> well, I, well, I'll share with I will share with you the 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 um, nickname Ronald you gave him was Tened. Mm, mm. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. so much nickname over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he, we actually we actually still link with Mr. McGregor every now and again. A group of us, mine and, and, and stuff, that, right? And sometimes we 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 link and we have a beer together. Very, fairly often, actually. Yeah. yeah, we invite him to some get-togethers that we have. Yes, he was. He's, he was always very right. open, and you could talk to him. You know, it wasn't yeah, you're yeah. the student and the teacher kind of relationship. He was just very yeah. down to earth. Yeah, and I hate naming names because you know other names pop up, and you won't. You don't want people to think, oh, she didn't remember me. But you know, there was a. Great group. Adrian Smith, I know, who was also always very eloquent. Um, right, let me do one and you do one. Michelle Garvey, Michelle Davis, all those people. Mm-hmm. Good fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a, he, 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 Adrian is a, he's an attorney, attorney now as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of attorneys, I have to mention Judith Gold, who's over here as well. She's an attorney doing amazing work. And she has a, a, a beautiful... Jamaican garden here in England, which is a feat. You remember Judith Patrick? Yeah, yes, just, definitely. You know, and you remember um, Francine Phillips as well? I think she. Yes, yes I remember Francine. She's, yes. a, she's, a, she's a doctor. Right. I think she works mostly in public yeah. health. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And of course, um, Pavel. I've been trying to connect her through the Roads Forum or connect with her, but I still I don't have any details yet, but I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Well, when, yeah. when this conversation goes, she, she might connect with you guys and see how it was that you realize mm-hmm. that Jelly not biting nobody, so no worries. You will come. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, Jelly, I have to say, because you've, you've given us permission to call you Jelly, so um, I am so sorry. I did not know that you were related to Saffron Ramsey, but Saffron was such an inspiration for me in school because she was just so rude, so cool. And um, when she, when she, I think she was head girl either the year before me, I think. Um, and she was one of the people that saying, yeah, man, you can do this. You can do this. It's, it's, and she was, she had a, a, a following because she was just such a, such a wonderful person. I really, really enjoyed, um, knowing Saffron then. No. So yeah. my condolences to you and your family. I had no idea you were so closely connected. Yeah, yeah, man, no, yeah, yeah. Saffron married to um Patrick married, my brother married to Saffron with her sister, Alison. Who yes, Andrea yeah. would have known. Good. I, I remember Alison. I think yeah. I know I, I think she it. might have been in my year, um, Jelly. Alison, yeah, man, we started the same year, same to four, yeah, yeah, same year, yeah. 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 But I, I knew Saffron personally as well because Saffron was like my little mentee. 
because we were mm-hmm. what four or five four or five years difference mm-hmm. then, I think yeah, yeah. so yeah. Saffron was my little mentee I still remember with her with our long braid in two yeah Saffron used to come to Meadowbrook before she came to Meadowbrook because she went to Meadowbrook yes. Yes, 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 yes. So that's, I remember her. Right, right, and, right. And, and she only lived next door. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. she was just down the street. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Across, just across yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that, that. That house had the biggest mango tree going down to bottom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. So, oh, can we forget yeah. that? Oh, can we forget that? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned um, Saffron because she was a special person. Bubbly. Yes. Yeah, she all was. the life in a conversation, and she was just easy to get along with. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still, mistress, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was a hard one, mm-hmm. hard one for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So, Andrea, any, any, you, you were at Meadowbrook for five years from 74 to 79. Um, Lower. And that's, that's me. That's Andrea was there till 80. No, that's sorry, me. I keep that sorry. Was... I know I'm going to get the name mixed up. No worries. Karen, sorry. Karen, yes, I said, yes. come back. You were at Meadowbrook from 74 to 79. Any fun memories at Meadowbrook at the time you were there in terms of on a field trip, um, in the classroom, anything you want to remember that you I want think to talk my, about? My, other than being a part of ICF, which I really like, that was that was an integral part of my <laughs> life there. Um, I always liked sports day. Yes. It was ward in the house. <laughs> Whether we oh. came first or not, we were out there in our red. I always remember those and liked that quite a bit. But they tried to make um, families in the same house, but it sounds like you, you yeah. girls were in different houses. Yes, we were all in different houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They came up with that rule after us. <laughs> yeah. What, I, I was actually in Rosny with with Andrea. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we used to tease Karen about being in the red house versus yes. the yellow house. Yeah. <laughs> we were in Ward, going walking down to the bottom field. I'm calling. Oh yeah. Was yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing the chairs as we go. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. So so you um um I can make sure I get um, Andrea. Sorry. Any fun <laughs> memories you remember at Meadowbrook while you were there in the from 1976 to that stands out to you that you want to talk about? Oh, lots of fun memories. I remember Karen mentioned Sports Day. We used to enjoy Sports Day, and I used to oh, like to get Sky Juice and what else you could get. Uh, um, there's something else that is From it Pekka? Pekka? Yeah. Who you have to have? Pekka. Mm-hmm. Is it Kalalu? Kalalu and Bon. Bon and Kalalu. Yes, Bon and Fun time. Um, I, somehow I remember my cookery class. This must have been in first or second form. And I remember making rock bun. Can't remember the name of the cookery teacher, but I enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that stick out. I remember uh, Miss McLennan teaching us Spanish. I still remember the song, Una Tarde Fresquita de Mayo. <laughs> Don't ask me why I remember that. But um, <laughs> love those moments. Um, what trips? I'm trying to remember trips. Uh-huh. Why did we end up like walking up? Oops, Oops. my computer just went to sleep. What? What would we have walked up Red Hills for? 
literally walking up the hill past bottom field and up. Somehow I remember doing that. I remember, Andrea, there was a cross-country route, right? So folks who used to run, I don't remember knowing this, we used to run across the hillside to do a kind of a cross-country route. So That one was not me. Andrea probably mischief. <laughs> no, I, I I have to say we did that too, and I th I think it was a walkathon. It was like a I fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You had to go up up Queen Hill, and you had to yes. carry your, your bag juice and thing with you, and yes. go up the hill uh, and all the way down. Yeah, yes. I remember, that. I remember mm -hmm. that. I did a couple of those, and in fact, at one point, because you had to, you know, get get people to sponsor you, you had to walk yes. around the cape and get people yes. to sponsor you. Yeah, yeah. And I remember That's one of those was. times was a bikeathon. We did a ten mile bikeathon. I want to say, was it up to Castle, uh, Blue Castle? Newcastle. Newcastle, New New ten miles. Because I had to borrow my cousin' bicycle to do it. Um, <laughs> so you're riding up the hill. That. You're riding up the hill. Yes, really? yes, yes. Mm. There wow. were times when I got off and pushed, but yes, we did that. Um, oh, so we did the walkathon, like Bev said, and the bikeathon. It was a hard ride. <laughs> I only did it one time. Are you talking about that? Are you aware that one of the Delapenas, along with a couple of friends, I think Christmas was made a road from Meadowbrook to Port Antonio in the 1970s? No. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, yeah, not at all. When you hear that conversation, I say, really? <laughs> wow. wow. Mm. That's amazing. That is amazing. When you said about that, mm -hmm. I think it's Stephen Delapena. I think it's Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. Stephen bigger one, right? He and Christopher yes. Miller and another mm -hmm. guy rode from Meadowbrook. They went to look for Mr. Chin. I don't even remember Mr. Chin, Andrea. I remember the name, but I don't have a Yeah, Karen, you supposed to know Mr. Chin. Mr. Chin was there when we started Meadowbrook, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The name is a familiar. Yeah, the yeah, name is yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah. He went on to go teach at Titchfield, but they went, they rode from Meadowbrook to Titchfield to go meet Mr. Chin. I said, wow, that is some. Wow, that wow. is a serious ride. <laughs> no, you're talking yeah. about you riding up the hill. I didn't know that I was right. I wasn't mm -hmm. fit enough to do that at all, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you Beverly, any fun memories? As I say, you are the party one. Tell us all of the fun memories. Mm -hmm. And tell us about this running a boat. I never know what's a girl run boat. Tell me how you get introduced to that. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Well, because in our group of friends, most of them were guys. It was like three or four girls, and the rest were guys. We we just hang out together. We'd walk home from school together. And a lot of times, my house had a lot of fruit trees there. We would pick all the fruits from the trees, and then we would rub up some dumpling or something, and everybody eat after school. So yeah, that, that those those were definitely fun memories um, on campus. In terms of you know, like my sisters mentioned, sports day. But for me, the fets were the thing. Wow. You know, that's you what I want to say for me. Yes. yes, the fets. <laughs> the fets where you just dance all day and you sweat like juice because it was so hot in the in the in the auditorium. But those were definitely things that I remember. Um, I, I joined the cadet for one year and I said, no, sir, this is not for me. So that, <laughs> because marching around in the hot sun, I, I figured that that wasn't for me. But definitely going to support all the guys with their soccer or cricket um, or when the girls had to play softball and netball, those were fun times for me. And again, during our time frame, that's when, you know, hip-hop and scratching music was all mm -hmm. in so break, i know there used to be break dancing so during lunchtime mm -hmm. you know that everybody have a 
cardboard box they would throw down and guys would be spinning on top of them head and all of that. And in the classrooms, in the, in the chemistry labs, you know, they had those Formica desktops and they would be there with them 10 cents scratching on it and singing and beatboxing. So lots of fun memories, lots of fun memories, good conversations too. All right. I, but I, I, have to say, I have to say that there was one time where our whole class got um, busted by Mrs. McLennan because the teacher didn't show up for the class and we were in there having a good old time chatting and stuff. And she gave us lines to the right. And I still remember it to this day. Persistent perversity provoked patient prefect, producing painful pencil pushing. Yes. I remember that. Miss McLean gave you that sounded like something from Mr. Grant. No, that was Miss McLean. And she was walking around and she heard our class just. We were just having a good conversation because the teacher did not come and we had to write this thing over and over. Lines, and, yes. Yes, and through the years, I have still remembered that tongue twister. So. Yeah, I still yeah, remember it. it. <laughs> I still remember she used to drive around after school. We yeah. used to walk home and thinking about it now, it's probably a mile and a half or two miles from Meadowbrook to get home to where we lived in Arlene Gardens. And she used to drive in her car around Havendale and around the Meadowbrook area around um, Arlene Gardens to make sure we were all being circumspect, wearing yeah. our uniforms properly yes. and not behaving yeah. on home. That's what you yeah, did. Yes, yes. yes. Couldn't because drink. you were representing the school, so you had to be well dressed, and the boys had yeah. to wear their epaulets all the time. I was not. You couldn't eat. You couldn't eat any chips or drink juice or anything like that in uniform and make her catch you, because oh, the next day you would have to go yeah. to her office. No, you yeah. had to be representing the school. Your socks had to be pulled up, and if she see you with a bag yeah. juice, you know the next day you know you were getting called in. And I so, always wonder, oh. The people in my school know when something happened at the school. Nest. I thought there was a woolly pine farm at school. I didn't know this is do the police work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, she believed in us being ambassadors for the school. And when we were in uniform, we had to carry ourselves well. And Andrew, I think I clocked it a while back because I was curious too. And I think it's about three miles. Okay. That we, um, we did from home to school. Yeah. Yeah, about yeah. That. I, I used to live in Permaca, it's about the same distance. It's like, yes, it's yeah. like just across the Molines Road from one, just about, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I used to walk to and from school. There was no convenient bus from Permaca to Meadowbrook at all, so I just yeah, yeah. for us, but I think it did us well with our exercise. Wonderful, wonderful memories. Yeah. And let, wonderful. Me ask, let me ask you a question. Um, and I said you this time, Andrea, and then um, Beverly and. And Karen can comment on this. When Meadowbrook, when you guys started Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook was known as a Cinderella school, right? In terms of say, we didn't have much to say. We can show from the mountaintop about to say, yeah, Meadowbrook yeah. achieved that. Yeah. And by the time you became Rhodes Scholar in 1989, I have that right? Yeah. 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 Meadowbrook had won, as I say, in our opening thing, four sunlight, four cricket trophies and two football trophies, or yeah. five and two. Did how were you were you aware of the transition that took place during the time you were at Meadowbrook? It starts with you, dear nineteen eighty two. The significance of the transformation. I don't know if I was conscious of what was happening, but I knew we had teachers who really cared. 
and you know Ms. McLennan was in charge at the time with the, the quality of school that she wanted to create and a pride in being a Meadowbrook student so for us I mean Bev and Karen will add their thoughts to this but for us coming from a school that we knew nothing about before Karen went there to this school that was very clear on their vision very well led had teachers who invested in you um, it was creating a community of people who wanted to do something with their lives so yeah. there's no surprises that it went on to achieve even you know the ISCF I think uh, played a, a, a what I think I know it played a huge part in my life and my values, but it was a key part of the school. A lot of the leadership was part of the ISCF, real influence um, in the conversations with the teachers about the direction with the student body and so on. Very engaged. I think there was so much going on that there was a, a groundswell of quality. I don't know the inside scoop on what they were being intentional about. But I know it was clear vision and people who cared. Yeah. Were, were you surprised that we won a cricket trophy in 1982? You were at school. Were you surprised that we had done that? Or you weren't following it? I wasn't following it closely, but I also wasn't surprised because I could see that, that, that cricket and what was the other sports that, that, that were becoming really um, important that it was soccer. getting the attention and the investment. Yeah, Manning Cup soccer. Manning yeah. Cup soccer, yeah. She's in England, you can't yeah. tell her. This is football. And netball as well. Netball as well. Netball. In the early yeah. 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we were definitely in, in track and field as well because remember, Donut Mirror, aka yes. yes. one of all the world And Stalian. then yeah. Howard Thomas yeah. won the 100 meters for class three. Right. So yes, we were getting on the other name there in champs as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know when I know when I started, we were definitely considered an under underdog in the, mm -hmm. in, the in the community. Um, but we, as a student body, had a lot of pride. We had a lot of pride, and would be very defensive of our school. So mm -hmm. I knew quite a few of the the guys that played on the cricket team, the Sunlight. Um, you know, and the soccer and the football teams and so on. Like you mentioned, netball was also big. We had a few wins in track and field. I remember the twins that ran. I don't remember their names. Oh, no, but the Patrick, yes. Patrick yes. and Paul. Yes. Patrick and Paul. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Those, those, those guys were amazing. I know Sean used to run track as well. Yeah. Um, so th those were fun times. And I think eventually we started putting our name on the map. Something that's also interesting that I remember, I remember kids who didn't pass like O-levels from um, other schools that were considered prestigious and ended up having to come to Meadowbrook. And in the first couple of months, they, they were like so down that they had to come to this underdog school and ended up saying at the end of their terms, boy, this was the best time they had in their lives. So, yeah. yeah, and also schools challenge. You remember, we we're big. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was challenge. going to mention that. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I think one of the pluses for Meadowbrook too is that because it was so in the middle of a residential area, it had the community support. It yeah. wasn't just the school. Um, mm -hmm. and you had people, you know, looking out for the students and thing there. Okay. But yeah, I remember schools challenge with Dennis Hall. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes, I forget to move the horse. That's so true. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 
yeah, Dennis Hall and, yeah. and Meadowbrook did good with that. So, and you know, we were a significantly smaller school than a lot of the big schools. Right, that we right. And also, we were split between girls and boys, so they had larger numbers to yeah, excel right. in sports than we yes, had. But we that's still true. came up quite strong. Yes, we didn't make yeah. that stop us. We still pushed through. Absolutely. Yeah, much yeah. more girls and boys, as a matter of fact. It's like it was a yeah. two to one, I think, the ratio was 400 girls <laughs> and I get 100 boys. So, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we Why? Should... You, you have your facts, man. I'm impressed. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, but, but let me ask you something, Karen. I mean, were you surprised that, um, that Meadowbrook started to, in a sense, blossom out to become a powerhouse of a school? Because by the time. Andrea got her rose color in 1989. Mm. was well known throughout the Jamaica. Yes. Were you surprised? Not at, at not at all, because they had that they had it in them, and they had great leadership, and they had people who cared for the students and would push them. Like Andrea said, Mr. Lawson had a great impact on me too. Um, Mrs. Morris, they, they they had people there that cared about the students and wanted them to do their best. Mm-hmm. So no, I think as time and and um. As time and funds and opportunity allowed, they were able to take advantage of it and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and you mentioned Mr. Larson, um, Andre. You spoke about Mr. Larson earlier. I saw like yeah. Mr. Larson had a significant impact in terms of you, in terms of how you speak about Mr. Larson. But yeah. Mr. Larson, he was just a very gentle, patient, master. humble, very humble. He's yes. the guy who used to. Every time there was the fete and you had to work out the statistics or, you know, the, the numbers for who would win and how many um, throws, the, the average throws that you needed to do to, to know how many prizes to put on, like the coconut chai and all the different, he would be the one working out all of that. That's one of the things I remember. But Mr. Lawson, when I had done maths in fourth form, he's suggested that I should go for further maths in A level and all of that. And I wasn't, he would sit down and write notes explaining it, you know, in after school lessons, one-on-one to, to mm-hmm. help with curriculum. And I did not value that enough and give it enough attention. He was basically writing notes for me. And those are the things that I reflected on when I got to, you know, when I was coming to the final year of university and thought for all that time, all that effort, all that belief, all that patience, all that encouragement, this one is for Mr. Lawson, as well as for my parents. And, you know, the fact that that your first degree, the grade you get there would, that's what people would remember more than O levels and A levels. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lawson was on my mind all those times sitting down after lessons writing the notes and I wasn't giving it the attention that I should I said this one's for you he gave a lot of his own time to helping the students as Andrew says staying after hours and all of that he really really did and he was really a whiz at math yeah made it seem easy yeah yes he did he did he did and <clears throat> Beverly, I must ask you this because you end up marrying your high school sweetheart. <laughs> was it love at first sight? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, you know, and I love him dearly, and I share this story all the time. I have been five foot eleven since I was twelve years old, so you can imagine that when I met him in the second form, 
he didn't reach past my 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 shoulder. He was oh. he was much shorter than I was. But I'll tell you this: the very first time he saw me, he said to me, "When I get to be taller than you, I'm going to marry you." And I'm like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> how, how is that ever going to happen? And I I honestly believe he willed and prayed himself to grow. He's now six foot two because he is taller than everybody else in his family, and so am I. I'm taller than his, everybody else in his family, and um, you know. But it was it, it it was a great foundation because we were friends. It was a good group of friends. He was always. Um, you know, somebody I could talk to and be roots and real with. And I knew he always liked me, but you know, I, I, the, the boyfriend thing wasn't, wasn't what my parents wanted at a, at a young age. So we stayed the course, mm. um, became very good friends. So, yeah. I will I will t- I will tell on her a little story. Sean was very confident from the beginning. You hear? Let me just tell you because in the days when they would take pictures, you know how you take pictures and you share pictures with everybody. When he gave her one of his, he said to my wife on it, and this was probably first form or second form. It was so third form. Third okay, form, third yeah. form. So yeah. he knew and I still from even it. then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Dante, Sean, I am bona fide. Him never tell no secret. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, we were born five from from pri- from primary school. Yeah, we went to Anson Spring together, and, and then we went to Meadowbrook together. We we're in the same class, actually. Yeah, but I knew I knew from from first round that that he had that kind of interest. I never saw it going any other way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sean, yeah, I wish we had a guy who was missing. Um, I used to tell him off for wearing white socks and not having his epaulets on. <laughs> but, 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 but I didn't remember this for a long line of tradition at Meadowbrook. I mentioned my brother and Alison already. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. sister also married somebody from Meadowbrook for a short time. Oh. Yeah, my sister yeah. married to Stedman Mason. He had been on this con- um, conversation before. Ah. He was okay. a boy, yeah, so... <laughs> the long line of tradition. You're not doing anything yes. like a lot of better people. Yes, yes, yes. Mark Delapena right, married right. to Melanie Delphos, he told me. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. yes. So and, tra- and and he's white as well. Yeah, Keith married to um Subadan. Uh, um, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is I that- wish y'all remember Leighton Forest. He married yes. um, yeah. he married Joan. What was her last because, name again? Nicholson, although later in life, but they got married yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That time to that, that time to do pilot. I mean, I've had a mm-hmm. memorable couple on this program, the first one, and they met afterwards. It's not like they were memorable couples out of school. They married mm-hmm. and then. They met again like 20 years. Poor, poor them have met, as a matter of fact. It is a. Yeah. Many people just seem like they can't keep the eyes and hands off each other. So, it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so you're in good company, yeah. Beverly. Don't worry. You're in yes. great company. Yes. <laughs> believe, believe me, I am, I am the one that is blessed. He is such a, a good man, a good dad, a good provider, you know. And he he is my best friend, so oh, I'm very good. grateful. Good. Yeah. And it's not here. I probably would have joined us if he could, so we have to big him up yeah. here, you know. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I hope one day he won't come tell him side of the story and join the conversation. <laughs> I can't let him know that. Open door to jelly, so it's all right. <laughs> 
So <laughs> let me ask you another question, um, Karen. What's the most embarrassing moment you remember at Meadowbrook <laughs> that you can look look back on with a smile? Oh, Lord. Mm. Boy, that's a hard one. I couldn't play netball. I think that's probably it. <laughs> I, I couldn't play to the to the to the the skill that they wanted in order to be on the netball team. So I only did it for PE, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, so you couldn't so even catch the ball. That's what you're saying. You couldn't even catch the ball. She, <laughs> I couldn't pivot properly. Pivot the, the pivot was an issue. Oh, I got you. So I was I was one of those, but you know how them separate and you have to pick team. I wasn't one of the ones that they picked a lot, so. That was embarrassing and, and sometimes hurt, but, you know, so yep. it go. That's, the, that's it for me. That sounds like me on the track team. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what I wanted to do, and I think Meadowbrook could have done good at if they had it, was lawn tennis. That is the, mm-hmm. I used to go up there on Saturdays and play lawn tennis with friends, but I, we didn't have it as a sports team, and I, I wished they did or would have looked into that because that's something I would have pursued had they done that. Mm-hmm. And Paulette, you remember when that stopped because my sister used to play lawn tennis in her days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember it being a school team. I, I think we had Wasn't. badminton for a while. We had badminton mm-hmm. for a yes. while. Yes. Never lawn tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my sister with our lawn tennis racket and our... Yes. And those days, and that confirmed me, I spoke to um, Andrea Kingbird and she said, yes, Meadowbrook students used to wear... A beret. I don't know if you guys yes. know that. The girls. Yeah. Are... yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to wear it. You used to wear it for the <laughs> started? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that. that when I gave it. I didn't. What, what <laughs> was that? in the head. I don't know. Wool, a heavy wool beret. A green I one, a green one, right? From, yeah, come from some British tradition. And we're mm. walking down, down, down Border Avenue and Meadowbrook Avenue in the blaring sun in this beret. Oh my goodness. Yeah, when, when, I'll uh, never forget that. Yeah, I call those berets the Che Guevara berets. So, yeah. Yeah, they look like that. <laughs> if, well, if, if you know that famous Che Guevara portrait with him on the berry, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think I probably wore it for a year and then they didn't have it anymore. Yeah, I remember my sister wearing I wasn't sure if I was seeing doubles, but, but when I spoke to Andrea, she said, yeah, Andrea Kingbird, yeah, she said, yes, they, we used to wear right. beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Sure. for sure. And so, um, Andrea, Mm. The most embarrassing moment you can remember at Meadowbrook, you can look back on with a smile. Well, mine is in the sports as well, because with my height, everybody assumed I could run fast. And they put me in this race, expecting me to lap it up and do really well. But when I was 11, I had a a, a real scare where my lungs collapsed and I couldn't breathe and had to get mouth to mouth. So anything to do with running out of breath I was not interested in at all I would exchange every, you know every time you have your sports assignment I would always find somebody who would do netball who would swap with me to do netball instead of going to do anything to do with running or whatever but in one of the sports events with Rothney somehow I ended up having to do the run and everybody expected me to really leg it and it just was not happening so that was very embarrassing expectations versus results yes yeah but you have to mention that after all of that you did run the london marathon which is a huge achievement yeah she did she did (laughs) yeah she did you talk about that that. 
You want to talk about that? Yeah, prom- yeah. what prompted you to do that? That is somebody who was scared of running. What what inspired you to do that? I'm curious. Well, I, I, you know, to, do, to get into the marathon, you have to kind of go into a lottery. And my husband and his brother were keen that they were going to do it. And as somebody who feared running, I always admired people who could run and thought, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if I could... So when they entered the marathon, everybody or the lottery, everybody assured me there is no way you can win and the money will go to charity. So I decided to put my name forward, sure that I wouldn't get it. They got a beautiful zip-up tracksuit top with London Marathon on it as a consolatory prize. Sorry you didn't get into the lottery. I got a magazine on how to run and no zip-up jacket, this was congratulations, you're in. And I was physically sick that day when I got Mm -hmm. it. And it took me a few weeks before I decided to accept it, to just talk myself into this is the moment, if ever you're going to do anything to overcome this fear. And eventually, you know, bit by bit, I, I set two goals. I decided I didn't want anybody to pressure me with how many miles you must do by which day or whatever. I set two goals to finish before they stop handing out the medal, which was, you know, later, once it get dark, they would start erasing the lines and to, 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 to make sure that they the cars weren't back on the road before I finished. That was the goal I set myself and took the pressure off of everything. Um, and then ran with different people. Uh, I, I ran with a nurse at first who started doing marathons in her 40s. She was my neighbor and she said, you can do it. Come with me. And the only reason why I went is because I knew if I dropped down and couldn't breathe, she would be there. She's a nurse. That's mm-hmm. how I started. Then I started doing laps around. At, at the time, I was living somewhere that had acres around it, and I figured I could run around the house and cover miles without ever going too far. And it was all those baby steps to build my confidence until I was running 10 miles without stopping, 13 miles without stopping, which was just amazing that I could run out of breath and not die, which was what was in my head from I was, you know, I had that experience at 11. And eventually finished it. It took a lot longer than many people who set that as a goal to run a marathon. But I did do it inside six and a half hours and got the medal to show for it. So, yeah, that was my that was my moment to conquer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad. And thanks for mentioning that, Beverly. We not, not have known mm-hmm. that unless you mentioned that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. an inspiring story. And um, Andrea, Akib, don't Thank worry. It's 2011. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Beverly, any embarrassing moment at Meadowbrook you can remember? You look back on it with a smile. Um, I, I think, you know, that was a hard one for me. I don't really remember any embarrassing moments, except that because my sisters preceded me, there was a certain level of expectation academically for me that was always over my head. Um, so whenever I didn't perform to their caliber, especially with math and admats, which is not my strong suit, you know, the, the thought process was, but you're Andrea's sister. And I, I still have some of my report cards from Meadowbrook where they always say Beverly is not living up to her full potential. She's talking too much in class. (laughs) 
I guess that's the party side that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So and, and that that's 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 the only thing that um I, I don't know if it's embarrassment more than just this this weight that I felt. Um yeah, mm-hmm. that that would probably be it. For everything else, no, I I enjoyed every aspect of it, you know. Okay, Angela, let me ask you this question then. Um when you became Rhodes Scholar in nineteen eighty nine, how did that make you feel? And what inspired you? Did Cavill inspire you to, to say you could be Rhodes Scholar too? Walk us through that time frame in terms of when you became Rhodes Scholar. And that was, yeah. such, was such a quick time after Cavill came, it's like you saying, Okay, America mm-hmm. will produce a Rhodes Scholar every year and that did not that's not happened since. So talk us about talk to us about that. So boy, as they say, story come up to bump with that one. So I had graduated from UWE in 1986 and I was on a government scholarship. So I went to work with Ministry of Finance for three years um, after that. And I suppose after a a couple of years post-grad, you start thinking, what next? How do you want your career to develop? I never thought I would qualify for, it just never dawned on me to even dare to think I could apply for something as amazing as the Rhodes Scholarship. And it was a boyfriend at the time who insisted that I should apply, wasn't paying him any attention with the application. And even while I was on holiday, he went and he got the form to get my mom to help to fill in the details to, um, put that application in for me to go for the Rhodes Scholar because I just didn't think um, the, 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 I, I just didn't think it was me and got invited to the interview and I'm like oh my gosh this is serious and I didn't realize that they would actually announce on the night of the interview who would get it so I just went there being myself saying I'll do this interview and we'll see where it goes. I had no pressure about any decisions being made that night. And because my surname was right at the time, they were interviewing everybody in alphabetical order. And I remember it was at uh, the Governor General's house. It was Florizel Gospel at the time. And because it was in alphabetical order, I was the last person. So start out with all these people in the room and then one by one, I was on my own hours later and just bored but the whole room on two sides the walls were louvered windows from top to bottom and out of boredom I sat there and counted every one of those louvers (laughs) when I went into the interview uh Florizel Gospel or Florizel Gospel said to me you know uh Miss Wright I'm so sorry that we kept you waiting all this time and I said uh, Your Excellency, we have you have. I don't remember the number, but like one thousand four hundred and thirty-two louvers on your veranda, and he just <laughs> burst out laughing like this woman is crazy, and that just set the tone for a wonderful interview where they, you know, asked about my ambitions and what I'd done and the you know community work that I was involved in and the leadership roles and so on and because I wasn't sporty that's one of the reasons why I didn't think I'd even stood a chance but they announced on the night you're it honey you're it and I tell you what I I was in two minds I was really really excited and processing it but desperately afraid that after I went home and tell my parents they would put somebody else's name in the newspaper the next day so it wasn't until 
it was in print and I went, wow, totally honored, totally humbled, but totally proud to have had the Rhodes Scholarship and to be able to, I was invited back to Meadowbrook to speak shortly after that and to be there to say it's possible and I got it and I'm off to, to England. That was amazing. That was really, it felt like um, all the things that were invested in me in those years, all the people who believed in me all those years, that I had something to give back to show. So it was amazing. It was amazing. My dad cried. My mom told me it was because I borrowed her earrings. And yeah, it was really, really special. And, you know, like I said, I came here to get my master's and I got my mister as well. So it was all divinely appointed, meant to happen. Um, and Patrick, you have any questions for Andrea about her Rhodes Scholar journey? Uh, let me see now. So was it difficult adjusting to the, to the UK? I mean, it's a different culture, so, you know, different climate. How was that for you? Yeah, um, there were some as they say, surprise and sense-making moments. I remember one of the first things was, you know, in Jamaica, the thought of going to a bar, you, a, a young woman wouldn't be going to a bar to go and hang out. It would sound very dodgy if you said that. But the pub life here in England is, you know, families have lunches at pubs. The idea of just going down to the pub for a drink and a chat was something that challenged me initially. Um the, the weather was interesting. I came with all kinds of duvets and blankets and layers just in case they didn't have the room warm enough. But thankfully they did, so I didn't need all the stuff that I brought. Um, having to understand what fashion looked like in sweaters and jumpers and stockings and what was considered fashionable and what was considered frumpy. I had to get my head around all of that stuff. It's those little things that um, stood out, that I remembered. Um, but going to Oxford and all the spires and all the things you heard about it and so on, that was just, that was magical. When you consider, you know, growing up in Jamaica, I never ever thought I would live outside of Jamaica. I thought I was going to come study and then go back. Um, but yeah trajectory of life changed completely i still would love to go back and give back um that's still on the horizons but yeah it was a it was a wonderful experience really really special curious though how was the, the campus the oxford campus compared to like a ue was there any similarity or was it just a very different um that's a good question it's different in that um, so Oxford and Cambridge have a very different campus style to lots of other universities where you have the university where you do the courses and that's where you get your degree from. But your home is based on different. It's a collegiate. It's a college system. So you have your college and th that's where you reside. You have your tutors. We were part of because I studied management now because um, Oxford is very traditional. When I studied management in the nineteen, you know, early nineteen nineties, management was still considered 
not as um not as what's the right word not as official you know it's not like law or politics right, or right. all these things that have the real history management was still the newbie in town and so the management college that i was at was outside it was a postgraduate college and it was outside the center of london but the good thing is because it was the, the, the center of excellence for management, all the executive development programs were at this college. So the, the standard of food, the standard of accommodation, everything had to cater for the executives. So even we're, even though we were outside this, this, the hub, so to speak, of Oxford, those who were in the traditional colleges with the old buildings with no heating and very low doors and, you know, all the history there were jealous of what we had in the newbie college. The irony, of course, is that right now the, the business school is in the centre of Oxford because it's seen as uh, a bona fide big deal subject now. So because of that, the experience was, was a wonderful blend of history and also cutting edge. And Paula, do you have any questions you want, Andrea, about this journey? Um, I was curious as to, I'm not really clear on how Rhodes Scholarship worked. Yeah, yeah, I thought it's something that kind of came while you were uh, studying, but this, this you're saying happened while you were working, right? Yeah, it happened three years later. And that's another reason why I didn't think I would get it, because I thought it was, you know, at the end of your first degree or while you were studying and all the, the I think Cavell applied for it. Mind you, she was the year before me. So she must have gone and done a master's or done something in between finishing first degree as well. So it's... um. It's certainly one of, if not the most uh, um, thinking of the right word here, not um, just prestigious, I, I but funded, the most funded um, Rhodes Scholar. So it's like the highest uh, scholarship that you can get. Certainly one of those in terms of funding your, your studies. And there are, at the time that I got it, there were something like 70 all around the world. Uh, only one for Jamaica and one for the rest of the Caribbean. That probably is still the case now. Um, so it was it, it was really and still is really a big deal to be able to qualify for it. Um, and they look for a broad spectrum of experience. But what they're really after is people who, wherever they end up in the world, will make a difference and will be part of the kind of global leadership in one way or another. Uh, so for many reasons, I was very humbled to get it and uh, still feel the onus on me to make good of that belief in me. Yeah, and, and Dante, you have any questions, Andrea, about this particular journey? Because it's important, because that's why I'm going around the table for acts. Because I think Meadowbrook students will want to hear that journey in terms of, And I wonder if you have any questions. Right. Now, so not, not so much a question, but just, just to let Andrea know that that was one of the proudest moments for Meadowbrookians around, around the world when um, she was announced. Um, and it was a back-to-back -back thing. Yeah. Um, and it gave us, you know, 
some of the other Mediburians that went to the football matches and the champs and stuff like that. It gave us an opportunity to brag <laughs> to <laughs> some of the more more established schools, you know, yeah. brag, about, brag about it. So, yeah. certainly one of our proudest moments. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true, Dante, and the fact that it was back to back. I was saying a race, right. sir. It was a quinella. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so it's something that was, that you know, that we talked about for years. Yeah, yeah, we still talk mm-hmm. about it. We still talk about yeah. it. I just want Andrea know that. So we still talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I am the honored and humbled to be flying that flag on behalf of Meadowbrook, mm-hmm. and Meadowbrook deserves the attention that that will produce for sure. So, Karen, not not leaving you out of this conversation, I want to know how you feel as the older sister. When you heard that your sister was a road scholar, and it's no small feat, that I was very proud of her. We were rooting for her once we knew that she was in the application process. At that time, I was already in North Carolina working on my um, undergraduate and graduate degrees in speech pathology, and I remember her telling me the story about how she was sitting there waiting and, and had counted all the louvers, and I was quite impressed that she... Even though she was, you know, nervous, waiting, anticipating, she had the the, the wits about her to not only do that, which would help the time pass, but to go in and tell Florizel Glasspool that she counted all the louvers there. You know, it exuded a little bit of confidence in her. Um, I remember being very proud of her. Um, I think my second most proud moment I had for her was when she completed that marathon, especially after all of the challenges that she had had. So, yeah, that was, I was proud of her. Uh, and Beverly, I want to know your comment in terms of when you hear your bigger sister was Wood Scholar. How did that make you feel? Talk about that for us. I, I was very excited for her. We, you know, we shared a room as girls um, when we were growing up. So I remember the night before she was nervous and we, and I remember praying for her that night. I still remember what she wore. And um, another thing that, you know, a lot of people may not know about Andrea. Andrea has always been very creative and a seamstress in her own right. And she was wearing a, a black and white, a black skirt with a white shirt and a yellow jacket. And she was going to wear this black hat. And the black hat had just this black ribbon <laughs> on it. And she decided that she wanted to give it a little pop of something. So she sat down the night before the interview with white oats and made little polka dots all away. Yes. <laughs> made little white polka dots all around the, this ribbon on her hat because she just wanted to add that little pop of flair to it. So... So I guess that was one way that she was able to burn the nervousness by, you know, just concentrating on making these perfectly asymmetrical dots on the, the rim of this hat. Um, so I was extremely excited when she, when, she, um, when she got the news that she did. And I, I remember my dad crying and my mom hugging her and jumping up and down with her. You know, it was really a joy. And from a school perspective, like I said, you know, we Meadowbrook has always felt like a little bit of the underdog because of all the, you know, the champions and in, in, immaculate and so on. And having to produce, having produced two back-to-back road scholars really put us on the map. And I know a lot of people started transferring to Meadowbrook after that. So, 
friends that they probably went to school with and hearing their memories and so on will draw them in. Um, but so for, for sure with that, I am connected with the, um, the New York chapter alumni through Facebook. So people like, I know CRD Franklin is a part of it. Oswald Barrett, Yolan Henry, I see Luke with her on it. And they've had different functions. Um, Sean and I actually attended one in Fort Lauderdale a couple of years ago. And it was just so great going to, see, you know, I think Sonia Morris and so on was there too. Um, it was great to connect with um, some of them there. So I know they have a, a good, um, that's where I get a lot of my, my Meadowbrook um, high school communication from all the different, I, I know Donovan, you're heavily involved in that too. Um, yeah. All the different fundraisers that they do and so on. So sharing those, I don't think they call it, it's not a GoFundMe, but whatever links they have for donations and so on, we've been a part of that. But I think you, I was not aware of your podcast until, you know, we were invited to do so. And I know for sure that I'll definitely be sharing it with people in my group that I'm still connected with. And hopefully, you know, they'll reach out to you and get involved as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm part of that. I didn't ask mm -hmm. you this question when you were on. But what do you think can be done to inspire Meadowbrook Park students to want to give back to our school, to our beloved school? Yeah, um, I think, you know, we need to kind of have some way to have an awareness of what's going on there now um, in order to feel connected. And I was just thinking as um, Beverly was talking that, um, you know, the pandemic has taught us so much about leveraging um, platforms of communication that are not in person. So for persons who are in places where they can have an actual physical um, chapter of, of past students association, I think, you know, having some kind of virtual platform um, for people like that to connect would be, would be a source of inspiration for sure. Mm -hmm. And Patrick, I know I haven't spoken to you in a while, but I know I didn't ask you this question. Any thoughts and terms that say, what do you think can be done to inspire Meadowbrook Park students to want to give back? I think um, what you're doing right now is on the right track because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of creating uh, content for an audience. And if we can get more people to listen, you know, they might be inspired. I remember some time ago, um, I can't remember his name, but they, I think they called him Beanie. He was trying to get past students to contribute to sports in particular. I'm trying to remember if it was a Money Cup team or which team. But if we get people like those um, to join, the, you know, join in, especially on a forum such as this. I don't know if um, folks are on Facebook or whichever other social media platform. Um, you know, just bring them in. Yeah. As you notice, a few of us, even on this call, there are several of us overseas. Or we're, we're part of the diaspora, so to speak. And uh, I think there are many more. We can just kind of make contact and have a forum where people can come in. Yeah, that's a start, yeah. you know. My, but what you're doing right now, Jolly, is a, I think is, is a step in the right direction. We just need to be... Yeah, we'll start the dialogue. I, I, I think we need to yeah. look more. And I think, Andrea, you put it the right way. And I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to put it in my own way. All I want to know is we're not going to Jamaica and we're not going to country, right? And you stop and ask the direction. What the question, what the answer you get? 
Round the corner. Just round, round the, the corner. corner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Right, round the corner. Right. I'm saying there needs to be a structural organization. I don't know what it is. That when a medical person reach out to them, they don't want you around the corner. When they want to say, when you go to that organization, they're going to tell you what to do. They're not telling you to say around the corner, I need to go do this or I go do that. They need to tell you. Yeah. I asked the question the other day and I said, if somebody have a million dollars, I want to give back to Meadowbrook tomorrow, who am I going to go to? Exactly. Right. Right. And those monies are out there. It's not actually those money not out there. People, Meadowbrook have been in existence for 65 years. By now, some of these people might be, well, some of them have died younger than, but I'm saying some of these people in try to start thinking about I said, but they have money, what they're going to do. They want to leave them school, but who are they going to? There's no organization that can take care yeah. of that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So do you hit the net? That's what I'm thinking about. Sister. Just think about what I say. It can't be around the corner where I tell the people, man. It cannot yeah. be around the corner. It has to be a structure. Hey, but, but Jelly, uh, there's something in theory. I, I think there is a past students association. I, I remember um this fellow, I think someone mentioned him on, on the call earlier. And he lives in, in South Florida, I believe. But um, they used to run a lot of fits. But I know that they had um, meetings at the school in Jamaica at some point. Like they, they had a whole week of activities. Maybe that organization could be more formalized. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Don, um, Donovan, you might know. Actually, actually there is a... And first, let me answer. Um, Andrew's, Andrew was querying about... Um, a chapter in 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 in, in the London, UK. in the UK, yeah. But there is a there is an active past students association with um active chapters in New York and um Canada. Um, right. Funny funny enough, the the most vibrant chapter initially was the the um South Florida, the the Florida Florida chapter. Um, and you know, that has gone, I think it has gone, you know, out. You know, it's, it's, it's not active anymore, but there oh, are still really? activities there, um, you know, yeah. that's organized perhaps by the New York folks and some other folks in yeah. Florida. Um, the, the New York one seems to be much more right. active because that's the yeah. one I'm connected with on Facebook and I believe they even have an event um, that's coming up in April because I remember right. mentioning it to Sean to see if you know if it's something that we would be able to attend. And, and I do, because I said this Dante, I don't want to hear my question to me and knock any of these old student association you know. Right, right. I, mm -hmm. I just come out and start run out my mouth, run up my mouth from last year. I have been in witness protection for want of a better word. I was missing in action <laughs> for twenty odd years too, right? From my left school, yeah. I really go back on Melbourne and say, Me I like what you do, Dante. Mm -hmm. So with big respect to everybody, make I make sure to say that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, just like what Paulette said, and and what the pandemic has taught us, we need to leverage the online infrastructure yeah. available. And it's have to think outside of the box and think a different way. And not, I just have to make it clear, you know, I'm not knocking nobody. I want them doing no. Yeah. I don't want nobody to come and say, boy, jelly, I lick, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I just have to make it abundantly clear. No, I just make it abundantly clear, Andrew. I just have to do mm -hmm. that because people hear me talk and I just want better for Meadowbrook. Mm -hmm. My goal is, if a man want to get a billion dollars for Meadowbrook tomorrow, he knows where to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And me, I said, that don't exist now. That's all me, I say. Yeah. 
That's yeah, all that's yeah. not a knock on nobody at all. Nobody nah. who can verify so that money is not money laundered money. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you, Dante? There's so much things involved yeah. with that. You know, nothing like that exists oh. now, I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I just say we can do better and we can get. I'm yeah. not knocking nobody, Dante. Is that 21st no, century vision I look on? That's all I'm going to say. And, and, and as I've said on, on, on this program a number of times, Shelley, um, what you're doing is yes. probably mm-hmm. going to be the catalyst yeah. to, 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 to bring in, um, to opening the avenues to a wider, to a wider audience. Um, you know, the chapters, that, I mean, the, the persons that have, have been involved, you know, myself and a, and a few other persons have been fighting the fight, but we have not um, been, been able. And, and um, perhaps, you know, we were just not doing the, 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 the right thing. We've not been able to, to expose then the, the, the avenue. As you said, we have not been able to show people, all the persons out there, um, the, the way, where the destination the way. Is. as you said, as you said, we, 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 you know, people probably mentioned something to, to somebody in passing, but there, you know, nobody, you know, see around the corner, as you said, <laughs> nobody has been able to I'm not like nobody, to no, I'm not like nobody, the time just come and, and, out, because COVID <clears throat> and the pandemic has what we have yeah. to say, we can't mm. do things different, man, that's all I'm saying, yeah, man. it's not a knock on yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I want to make her say that over and over, I, that nobody not take it personal and think say me I lick nobody. No, no man. So hold on, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is anyone in touch with um the administration of the school, the the, the yeah, current man. administration? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We in touch with that, but we're, that... we're in touch. I mean, we actually bought a school bus. I mean, the 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 local um uh, local chapter, Canadian folks, and the New York um chapter came okay. together and bought a bus for the oh, school. That's good. Excellent. A, a few years ago, um, it was bought in um, maybe about three or four years ago. The first, the first, the school is is owning a bus. So, so they, some things are happening, but this that um, Jelly is doing now is exposing um, or opening the avenue. Yeah, as yeah, I, I said, I prefer the word Dante. I'm not exposing nobody. <laughs> me wanting, <laughs> listen, I'm not here for exposing nobody. That's not my job. Me wanting I, I, bigger. I, I, listen, me wanting. Yeah. When me use, me use Andrea term. Mm-hmm. Me wanting road scholar, big mm-hmm. vision, big vision. Big vision, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, that's, that's, me not, me not say what we have to think yeah. big. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's right, what I'm saying. Me not here for exposing nobody, Dante. I just I'm not sure. That's the better way. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I think, as 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 Beverly said, um, I, I, I think it was Beverly that um, no persons. Um, are hearing their people that they went to school with speaking about their memories and knowing that there is some way to connect now to the school. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a start. so, so that's it. It's a start. Yeah, man. It's just a start. Yeah. So I don't want to hard for themselves and things that they've done nothing wrong. Because I say I was missing in action for the longest while. I'm not doing nothing for the school. Yeah, may I admit that? So, but yeah. anyway, let me ask um, Andrea them and Karen and Beverly a couple more questions. Um, are you first, Karen? How does it make mm, you okay? F- you, how does it make you feel bringing up back all these Meadowbrook memories after all these years, over forty years? Well, first of all, Jenny, I want to say I think that what you're doing is definitely a step in the right direction to meet 
even the very heart and goal of what you're seeing as far as reaching out to Meadowbrookites, not only past but present. And I think as long as we continue with that and getting the word out there as to what's available, where they are available as far as groups, and then that will answer the question in how we can give back to Meadowbrook. For me, it just brings back, like you said, a lot of memories. Uh, um, even while Andrew and Bev were talking, more names of classmates was coming back to me and I was writing them down and thinking, I wonder where they are Carlo now, the what name. are they Carlo doing name. now? Carlo, the name, Karen, well, I know you mentioned Melanie Delfos. I remember Michael Delfos, um, Michelle Smith, Marcia Leckie, Jackie Idle, Annette Cawley. Janet Scott was in my class. She was a math way. She really, really did well with her math with Mr. Lawson. I told you about Alison Ramsey. Um, and I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, I would think of even more because I was not only thinking of who was in my class, but remember those forms were broken up into A, B, and C. C right, right. So some of them was in the same year group, but not necessarily in my class In group. the A stream, right, right. Yes, right, right. yes, yes. Right, right. Um, and then Meadowbrook continued to grow to that point where I think it was after I left, but Bev may have experienced this, um, where they had two shifts, remember? So some had to come yeah, in at yeah. seven. And then mm -hmm. the second one came in at nine. So it's showing that Meadowbrook had started to grow. Um, and I'm sure that even though I have been missing in action for a while too, um, the same kind of feelings that I'm having, thinking of past, past classmates and wondering where they are, would also be generated in other people um, who could find out about this and what you're doing and also be inspired to say, okay, what can I do to help? How can I give back? So it's definitely going down memory lane. It's definitely nostalgic. And it's definitely uh, a, a way of looking back at where I have come to from where I came from and um, how I could inspire other people who are there now that they can get to where they want to go to as well. And it may not necessarily be what they thought it was when they started. Like for me, I didn't even think I would be at Meadowbrook. I thought I would be at an all-girls Catholic school. But that change in trajectory changed the rest of my life. And I think others will realize, too, that, you know, their lives may not always seem like it might be at that point in time, but it can change based on the inspiration that they get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and before you, um, you answer that question for me, Andrea, in terms of how it make you feel after going on, did I send you a copy of the Meadowbrook magazine that I have? Uh, for me, yes, you sent uh, three of them. Okay, I just three want to make sure. Right? I shared it. Yeah, yeah I shared it. Yeah, yeah, you shared it. And, yeah, all right. So... How does it make you feel bringing up back all these Meadowbrook memories after all these years? 40 years, as you said, this year. Yeah, 40 years. Well, I'll, I'll resist the trite comment that it makes me feel old to be saying I'm talking about 40 years. What I will say is that it brings back the warm memories. It um, Things that I've not thought about, people I've not thought about for a while, it's brought it back to the fore. And I think it, it, it just... It, makes me want to be involved it makes me want to be connected and i realize that there's a whole part of my life that you know it's 40 years since i've really been involved in that apart from the fact that i'm I'm part of a, a, a trio where every now and again we go back to the memories of meadowbrook and as bev said having sean um somebody who I knew as a student and related to as a student and now have, as we say, brother in love, because 
thankfully us three girls have married really great guys so for each of mm. us they're the, the husbands are like brothers um so four of us out of the six of us are from Meadowbrook and having this conversation is just bringing to the fore all the investment that was made in us and all that it's created in our lives long term because of that experience at Meadowbrook so it's wonderful we need to do more of this yeah thanks thank you thank you and Beverly the same thing for you how does it make you feel bringing back all these Meadowbrook memories it, it feels so good because I, I often share with my children that those were some of the best years of my life. I made, you know, you always talk about people that you meet for a reason, season, or lifetime. I've made some really good lifetime friends that we're still connected. Um, you know, it's nice to be connected through Facebook with, like Karen said, not everybody was in your class, but in your year or a year ahead uh, so through that alumni Facebook group, I'm still able to keep connected with, you know, people that we used to, you know, just gel with all those years. Um, I, I often also say to my children that I wish that they would have been able to have that type of school experience that we had when we were growing up. Times have changed. And living here in America, you know, all the different things that they're faced with that we never even had to think about while we were in high school. Um, in addition to that, of the three of us, I probably go back to Jamaica the most. And when I do, before I get there, I make sure to call up everybody so that we can try and meet somewhere. And we've still been able to do that, you know, with Wayne Clark, Dunstan, Dunstan Wilson, um, Peter Champagny. I know a lot of people have migrated and unfortunately some have passed on. So it's important for me to maintain those connections. Nadine Lazarus is still there. Um, so this is really great. I think, I think this will, I have enjoyed looking at um, or listening to the podcast that you've already created with people that I knew and went to school with, or maybe saw from afar and didn't talk to just to hear what their take on it was. So it's been a good trip down memory lane this 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 week, and thank you again for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. And, and just a couple more questions before we head toward closing mm -hmm. out. And I'm going to start this way. I'm going the other way, Bev. I'm asking you the question mm -hmm. first. What mm -hmm. message you would give to existing students or future students who are going to be listening to this conversation maybe five, ten years down the road? You're talking to students who don't even ready for computer book yet, but then when you hear it, mm -hmm. what message you have for them? You know, I would say that high school is your formative years. That's that's the time that you're really going to learn who you are and who you want to be. And it's important that you surround yourself with like-minded people who would lift you up, motivate you, and encourage you. Um, that's what our group was like. We were blessed that we had teachers who did the same thing. Um, I know, you know, the teaching industry ha has changed, and hopefully we still have teachers that really have a heart for teaching uh, because we were blessed with teachers that did that. And if you find a teacher that will, you know, take the time to pour into you, take the time to listen, take the time to listen because they have words of wisdom and knowledge that will help you for years to come. I, I'm still holding on to some of the values and truths 
that were shared with me from teachers like Mr. McGregor. Uh, Fiona Richmond was another really good teacher that um, I enjoyed having, who was such a bright light, and unfortunately, she's no longer with us either. Um, Dr. Morris, Mrs. McCullough, who was our geography teacher, all those teachers who really, really cared not only about the grade that you were receiving, but the character you were building in the process as well. Because um, I think those are the years that make you the person who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, Karen, your thoughts on what message you're giving to future students or teachers who going hear this conversation 10, 15 years down the road? I think in addition to what Bev has said, and based on what both you and I, Jelly, have shared, is to not stay missing in action for that long afterwards, <laughs> but to try and stay in touch because yeah. of the value that it has for those who are coming after them. So um, to try and, and make an effort to... I know in America, um, many schools, maybe not all, have this uh, uh, activity of doing reunions like maybe 10 years, 5 years, 10 years, 15, 20 years. Not so much in Jamaica, at least not when I was there, but maybe to try and establish that here forth so that they can stay in touch more often throughout the years would be good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, Karen, is what would you say to the future students at Meadowbrook? I think you mean Andrea. That was Karen. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'll just add uh, to what Bev and Karen have both said to make the most of the opportunity, get involved in the different clubs, the different sports, the I'm hoping the Interschools Christian Fellowship is still there. Get involved in all that the school is offering because you you never know where your strengths might lie or the friendships that you'll form as a result of being involved in the different things. Um, but as Bev said, it is that the, the formative years make the most of it. And whatever you can see for your future now, know that you're only seeing a tiny slice of it. There is so much more than you can imagine if you just embrace the moment, fully live and experience and make the most of the opportunities available through school life because you have no idea what the future holds for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I have one last question before I ask my final question. And the question, it's not really a question, and I go around the table and I'm going to ask, start with you first, um, Paulette, is there any question or any comment that you want to ask, as I said, the right sisters that I didn't ask? Any comment you'd like to make to them that I didn't bring up at all? You know, I, I just want to say how how fantastic it is to to see your achievements and to kind of own it as a fellow Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook, um, Meadowbrook alumni. And, and we're proud of all of you as a, as a school. And I'm certainly blessed to, to have known some of you personally and to be getting to know some of you in this, in this forum. Yeah, and Patrick, is there anything you think yeah. of your bags? The, the um, right sisters. Not so much. I'm not thinking of any questions, but just to, echo of some of what was just said. I mean, I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness and I, <laughs> I'm very um, happy to have been, uh, you know, at school at a time when, you know, folks like these attended and clearly, you know, brought um, 
you know, good a good reputation and notoriety to the school. So, like we have been talking about now, we have a little bit of a job to do, and I'm sure we all um, can chip in and get this done, which is to, you know, find a way to, to help the school along. Yeah. It'll enhance its greatness and make it even more relevant to society if we can do that, you know. Can make a start, but but it was really enlightening. This was a very interesting discussion. I'm really glad to have been a part of it. So thanks, Jelly, for inviting me. I mean, really, really, you know, interesting discussion. Yeah, man. Memorable part the 21st century. That's my buzzword. That's that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah. And, and Dante, Dante, any comment? Anything you want to um, ask, right, sisters? Or anything? I, I, got, I, any questions I didn't ask? Right. Um. No. Actually, I, I thought you know. As I said, I'm probably a little starstruck as well. <laughs> um, just, you know, I think you, you may have covered everything. Um, and it's good to know that, um, you know, there is a, a, an expectation that there is going to be um, a further um, country, uh, what would I say, you know, contribution towards the development of a vibrant alumni yeah. going forward you know mm -hmm. from this from this group i think that's you know important that that comes out of these conversations yeah and again i'm happy to be amongst you know greatness <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed right? Yeah. Right? Right? as um and Angeli, um, again, as I say, this is a great thing that you're doing. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, right. Really happy to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, thank you. Good. So, I agree. Yeah. And, and I'd like to just jump in and say to, yes, Jelly, I think this is, this is definitely along the lines of what you're asking and wanting to do. This is, so don't, don't, don't underestimate the value that what you're doing is going to have. Um, on current and future Meadowbrookites. But also, Paulette, I want to give you a shout out because it was kind of, again, nostalgic coming on this call with you on there. And I remember you from ISCF. And I thank you for taking the lead that you did then because of the impact it had on me and my sisters even then. So thank you for what you did then. And it, it really was nice coming on this call with somebody else a couple, um, Patrick I remember your name I don't remember you as much but I remember your name um, and coming on and meeting or talking with people who were actually there when I was there was really nice for me so thanks Paulette yeah. thank you mm -hmm. yeah well said Karen that's so true because yes Paulette you're an inspiration for us you were up there in the gods of uh a, uh, you know, senior students running yes. the president yes. of ISCF and yes. organizing all these big events and just yeah, uh, good times. Good times. Up to, yeah. I'm, I'm Beverly, is there anything that I could have asked that I didn't ask? Any questions <laughs> or any comment that I didn't bring up? No, I think you, you, you've covered the base with everything, but um, you know, when you were talking about um, I know you've asked and maybe will ask that question about one of the best things that happened to me with Meadowbrook. I have to say it's my husband. Mm. You know, he, it is, we formed a very good foundation in friendship and, you know, being married to him for the past 30 years and knowing that he knows, he knows everything, you know, was there with you from, from the get go. 
at Meadowbrook and so on. And I, I wish he were also on the call today. And um, I know Donovan would have enjoyed re-engaging with him. And you guys need to connect or offline. Yeah. You need to you need to connect offline. Yeah, ma, we'll, um, we'll make that. Yeah. We'll get him for come on, yes. Beverly. Yes. Let him know that he's welcome. And Dante will take care of that connection. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he could speak more along the sports line of the and the, and the right, um, right. football and all of that stuff too. Oh, yeah. 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 We definitely yeah. get him on. We definitely yeah. get him on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Final questions, and I'm going to start or end it with the first one first. I'm going to start with you first, Karen. Okay. What made Meadowbrook magical? Mm. I have to go back to the ISCF. I have to. I think that 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 was what made Meadowbrook magical for me. Meetings that we did, the 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 um, the, the 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 fellowship that we had there. Um, that I, I have to say, that's what it was for me. Yeah, that uh, that is. I like that answer. I know why everybody yes. comes on and have something that's magical for them. And remind me, I want this the school motto. Mm-hmm. Let your light so shine. It's like let your light so shine. Yep. Yeah. Whatever what shines the light, Meadowbrook yeah. facilitated that. Yeah. Meadowbrook facilitated that, Karen, and I love that. Yes, that. yes, that. yes. And you know, even more so now, it's again being in America, where you don't have that much freedom now to do things like that, like you did then. Even more so because it made such an instrumental impact on my life. Um, and my life's journey. It's unfortunate that a lot of students and a lot of schools today, especially in America, don't have that freedom. So I am very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Yes. Uh, Andrea, what made Meadowbrook magical for you? I was trying to see how I could uh, choose one thing. Um... I think one of the things is the way it shaped my character through the leadership positions that I was uh, trusted with and encouraged to take up uh, from being, you know, with a form prefect or prefect or head girl. And then in my last year or second to last year, co-president of ISCF and uh, involved in just different different activities that stretched me and allowed me to discover more of who I I was and was becoming while being supported by people who kept me grounded but also believed in me and gave me the stretch to to believe for bigger things. I think that's that's what made it magical, the whole experience, but how it helped shape my character through all of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for you, Beverly, apart from the fact that Meadowbrook didn't teach neither of us, how to, to pronounce tree without each age. <laughs> tree jobs, man. Tree yes, jobs. tree jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you come up far now, and I'm going to laugh up there and say, what do you eat today? You say, no, we we'll eat that out. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do tree jobs to yes. make it now. For, what made magical for you, Beverly? What made magical? For me, and I share this with my children all the time because, again, I wish they had that opportunity is that no matter what level of status or background the students had or the children that went to the school had, they had the same opportunity. I won't name names, but I know friends who came 
from nothing that had the motivation and encouragement from their peers and from their teachers to be whatever they wanted to be. There was no limit set on them that they could do it and they had the encouragement. Uh, some, some of my friends, they were the first ones in their family to not only graduate high school, but to be accepted into a college. That for me is just always resounds that no matter what class status, we were all given the same opportunity and we were pushed to do the best that we could be. And I'm, I, I pray that they're still doing that um, to this day. I, I'm hoping that the students there have the same level of teachers and leadership around them that will encourage them to just soar. And as you say, let their light shine. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. And before I close out this program, let us go around the table and ask a closing remark from everybody. And I start with you first. Paulette, any closing remarks? Paulette? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking of, of um, you know, this has been an, an amazing experience today. And my closing remark would be to encourage you, Glister, to keep on keeping on with this. Mm-hmm. And encourage us to all find ways of staying connected to our roots. Metabook um, being a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dante, any closing remarks? Pretty much the same thing that Paulette said. Um, mm-hmm. Continue, um, Jelly, with this um, program. It, as I said, as I've said before, it's going to be the catalyst for um, great things for the Meadowbrook, for Meadowbrook and uh, uh, Meadowbrookians, wherever they are. Let me see if I have a stop. Um, that's it for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick, yeah. any closing remarks? Yeah, great discussion, and, and thanks to you, you know, for having the vision to, to start this process of having these podcasts with so many past students and teachers and so on, you know. So, I mean, it's it's so enlightening to hear. And even though we were kind of there at the time, we, we're not aware of all the little details, and, you know, some of those came out. So, for example, when I heard um, that Andrea did a marathon, <laughs> because I, I have done a few and I can identify with the effort that it takes and especially for a non-runner. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's very impressive. Trust me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very nice to reconnect and to hear all these stories, these wonderful stories. And um, just like we're, we have all been saying, we, we need to kind of keep this going and we need to strengthen the bonds and take it further to see how best we can help the school because I realize that we all have the same kind of uh, mindset where we're inclined to give back and uh, I think we should just make it a reality find a way to do it and I'm, I'm, I'm in right so if you mm-hmm. ever need my help uh, reach out yeah thank you but thanks you. thanks to everyone I mean I, I really yeah. you know I'm just beaming right now because this was so, <laughs> yeah. so lovely to connect with you again Patrick yeah, excellent you, Patrick. same here yeah. um, Beverly any closing remarks <clears throat> I will reiterate what everybody has said. This has been a wonderful journey. You know, my sisters and I, we live in three different parts of the world. So we on purpose try to connect every Saturday to talk and pray with each other. But I don't think we've ever sat around and reminisced about our days of Meadowbrook. It's just kind of there and understood you went there. So it was interesting hearing their stories again um, and reminding me of things that we probably 
forgot to talk about over the years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would encourage you to continue. I know I will definitely be reaching out to some of my friends to share your um, podcast with them because I think they would find it an interesting journey for them as well. So thank you. Don't stop. Well, thank you. Thank you for those words yeah. of encouragement. And, um, Andrea, any closing remarks? Yeah, I want to build on what Bev said because it just struck me. She and uh, herself and Sean have been the ones who've been most connected to Meadowbrook. And I think it's because it's the power of two. It's not just her. It's her and Sean who have those connections and reach out and reach out. And that just shows the potential of what we can achieve by bringing together groups of people who can then start connecting with others intentionally um it's been wonderful reminiscing with my sisters one of the you know that we shared that journey together we also shared a 30-year journey together this year we all celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary which was a happy accident we hadn't planned to all get married within nine months of each other but we did um and we just wanted to share that because we think that's pretty unique and maybe an inspiration to other Meadowbrook people listening of just what the future could hold if you keep it together, stay connected, and stay the course. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and Karen, any closing remark before I close out this program? Well, again, um, building on what everyone else has shared, I, I definitely want to encourage you, Glenster, to keep doing this. This is definitely... Um, an answer to meeting the needs that might be out there. And if we can capitalize, and I admit I, I am not as versed in all the internet ways of communicating, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all of that as I should be. But because of those opportunities, maybe we can capitalize on that to try to get the word out there and try to get more Meadowbrook people connected. Um, and uh, you definitely seem to be informed with where they are, what they're doing. So if we could find a way to um, let others know through these platforms what you're doing, what Meadowbrook needs, even if we could find out where other people are, like I'd love to know, you know, where Mr. Lawson is now, you know, things like that I think would be a way of um, building people's desires to give more and to give back. And I think that... Um, this, what you're doing, is going to be one way of doing it. Using the internet will be other ways of doing it. And then as we continue, like Andrea said, in groups to tell more people about it, we can get more people involved, each one telling one and so on. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. So, yeah. Paulette Samuels, Donovan Thomas, Dante, or Tegreg, as I know him, <laughs> um, Patrick Douay, my, my best friends, younger brother, Beverly, Andrea, and Karen, right? This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I appreciate you all taking your time out. Come and join this conversation. And God bless all of us. And God bless that great school at 2 Meadowbrook Avenue where yes. groomers and facilitated us that we can have this conversation 40 years later. Yes. Like we still have on Meadowbrook. And right. yes. <laughs> God bless all yes. of us and God bless Meadowbrook High School and thank you all for coming in and have a good night. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Meadowbrook Memories and remember to give us all the support 
an encouragement you can on whatever social media platform you are listening. And special thanks to my production manager, Kyle Prince, who takes care of everything involved in getting the podcast out every week. And without him, this podcast would not be possible. It is his expertise that allows me to do what I love doing every week, having great conversations about Meadowbrook memories, and he responds by everything else. So again, thanks to my production manager, Kyle Prince.